I love playing the game of disc golf. What I hate is waking up the next day, feeling that soreness in my muscles, in my body, my arms, my shoulders, my legs. And what I typically do is I wake up, I hammer down a few ibuprofen or Tylenol, and I go ahead and move on with my day. What I didn't realize was how bad that was for my body as well. Throwing a disc is very strenuous on your body, whether you realize it or not. What it does is it causes micro tears in muscles, which then become inflamed, and that's where any post-workout or post-round soreness comes from. That's why you need to check out our friends at Wonderkind. Wonderkind with a U. All natural CBD products. They're located right here in the United States, and they're always shipping for free. All of their products are 100% legal in all 50 states, lab tested to make sure that you're getting the highest quality CBD product to help you recover from your round out on the course. The CBD products all have an anti-inflammatory property, which is amazing for muscle recovery and pain reduction after a round. Guys, check out Wonderkind. Again, that's W-U-N-D-E-R-K-I-N-D. You can follow them on Instagram at Wonderkind Extracts, and you can visit their website at wonderkindextracts.com and select from any of their amazing CBD products and use code RUNIT15 at checkout to save 15% off. Again, that's RUNIT15 at wonderkindextracts.com. Tired of putting down those ibuprofen and those Tylenol, eating up your stomach and attacking your liver? Well, give an all-natural CBD product a shot and see how much better you feel after your round. Again, that's wonderkindextracts.com, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Hey, this is Yui, and you are listening to Running It with Nate Sexton. Running It with Nate Sexton is brought to you in part by Innova Champion Discs, the choice of champions. Hello, disc golf fans, and welcome back to another episode of Running It with Nate Sexton. I am your co-host, Jared Orr. He is the man who once again broke the internet with another custom signature disc, our host, Mr. Nate Sexton. Nate, how you doing, man? Hey, man, I'm great. I'm, I'm a little older. I'm a little wiser. I think, I, I think I'm coming into my own in this podcasting game. Yeah, you are, man. So as we're recording today, it is uh, Wednesday, May 5th, which means yesterday was Nate Sexton's birthday. I'm not going to make the corny Star Wars jokes, um, but uh, but happy birthday to you. Hope you uh, hope you enjoyed it and had a good time with the family. Yeah, it was great. And, and I've said this before on some interviews, but uh, that Star Wars thing is very recent, which is kind of weird. Like nobody thought of that joke until like 10, last 10 years, maybe. Uh, which is interesting because Star Wars has been around obviously longer than I have, but that may the fourth be with you thing. That's new. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember ever hearing about it when I was a kid. Um, and actually my best friend growing up who was in the air force actually living in Spain right now, his birthday's on May 4th. And I never heard this whole Star Wars thing before, but yeah, I'm, I'm into it. I mean, I like Star Wars, so it's all good for me. Now everyone's like, Whoa, what a cool birthday. But like, that's a very recent thing. When I was when I was in high school, college, nobody ever said that. There was no Star Wars Day. 
Well, happy birthday to you anyway, man. Thanks, uh, man. Thanks. Absolutely. So uh, as we're doing this, the uh, the DDO has come and gone. Um, you are back home from Emporia. I know it probably didn't go as exactly the way that you wanted, but the streak continues, baby. You were in the cash. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I didn't play well by any stretch, uh, but that's kind of to be expected. I'm not hanging my head. Uh, been away from top level competition for too long and you know i was i was fatigued like i was trying to get my practice in and we're playing in just brutal wins and i was getting to where my i was just getting more sore than i ought to be because it's not i'm not in mid-season form like most of the other guys kind of getting in there uh so i'm not i'm not altogether that disappointed i played okay the first two days really struggled at the country club going out of bounds missing a lot of putts um so yeah i think i finished 36 seventh which was pretty bad uh, probably one of my worst finishes in recent memory but that's okay i'm looking forward to the next one and and you know thankfully with jomez and central coast and um gk pro i was able to do a bunch of kind of extracurricular videos and and media and so i always enjoy getting the opportunity to do that stuff dude awesome shout out for the podcast on uh on gk um i don't what was that was that a skins game I saw you on? Or yeah, yeah, um, it was fun. I don't, know, I don't know what you're doing, but they kicked it to you, and you and you plugged the podcast, and I, I got a I got a little bit of a smile out of that. So hey, man, yeah, it was cool. That that skins game was fun. Give it a watch if you guys haven't seen it yet. A uh, lot of lot of money getting one with pars out there in the extreme wind. It's kind of a almost a different game. You're not necessarily making these highlight birdies. You're trying to just survive against 35 mile an hour wind with all this out of bounds. It was it was interesting. Yeah, I know how that goes even when there is no wind. Um, <laughs> now, Nate, before we get going on another awesome interview, of course, everybody knows we got to pay some bills. And you know we're talking about our amazing official retail sponsor of Running It With Nate Sexton, and that's Fisher Disc Golf. Guys, you've heard us talk about them before, and I'm going to say it again. If you haven't checked out Fisher Disc Golf, or if you have checked them out, check them out again. These guys are constantly updating their website with new discs, new apparel. Uh, they've just got a ton of great stuff going on over there. They're really going hard on these Innova discs, Nate, because of, uh, because of this podcast here. I talked to Levi. He's doing everything he can to get those hard to get, uh, Innova discs. I know he's got some, uh, sexy cows coming his way. He's also got some Halo destroyers up there right now. Uh, and if, you know, you're throwing another brand or trying for some of the other brands, They've got 18 of them right there on the website. So uh, whatever you like to throw, whatever you want to try, Fisher Disc Golf has you covered for everything you need for your round. And I know that they still have some of those Clint Calvin uh, signature discs that Fisher made up for him. So if you guys are looking to support a pro who's out there, uh, you know, just trying to make it, and playing some really good golf this year, visit FisherDiscGolf.com, pick out one of those Clint Calvin discs. The proceeds go to help him with his efforts out on tour. And of course, if you guys are enjoying the show here and you like to get out and play some disc golf, the best way you can support the show is by supporting our sponsors. So check out FisherDiscGolf.com. Join them for their awesome stacks giveaways. Um, the disc stacks happen every Tuesday and Friday. They moved it up to 7 p.m. You can catch it on Facebook or YouTube. Fisher Disc Golf. And uh, again, we're just super grateful for their support and uh, everything that they've done for us here. FisherDiscGolf.com. And Nate, when they find something that they can use, how can they save themselves a little bit of money? You got to use our code RUNIT10. That will save you 10% on your first order and shipping always free at FisherDiscGolf.com. So get over there, pick out your favorite disc, support the show, and support these guys. And Nate, of course, 
our amazing friends over at Double G Craft Jerky. Um, these guys are really just doing it right, man. Uh, I just got some of the new flavored in. Um, the, what is it? Smashed pepper? What is it? Cracked, smashed? Smashed cracked pepper, yeah. That's a tough one to get out. Smashed cracked pepper. Um, but we uh, we actually had some out on the disc golf course today. I shared it around with my buddies. Um, they both birdied the hole. I parred it. They didn't get any more beef jerky. Um, but it was uh, it's really an awesome flavor. And we've talked about it before. Uh, Garrett's just doing some great things out there. He's not just making an awesome snack uh, with a quality product, but he's also donating to that Double G Children's Foundation, uh, helping get some less fortunate kids, um, some PDGA Junior membership. So, guys, if you're a fan of Double G, if you're a fan of helping people out, or if you're just a fan of an awesome snack, visit Double G Craft Jerky. You can find them on Facebook and on Instagram. And I know that there's still a few of those uh, commemorative pins that they had made up for the Double G Craft Jerky. All you have to do is use code RUNIT when you're purchasing your beef jerky. Whether you buy one bag or ten, they're going to go ahead and send you one of those pins while supplies last. So make sure that you guys get on it. And uh, Nate, I know that you had mentioned that you, uh, you're working on a little bit of a trade with Double G, right? Some discs for some jerky? Yeah, I mean, anytime I can. And I also need to, I need to bend his ear for a little bit, too, when I see him in California because my wife and daughter got me a wood pellet grill slash smoker. It's not arriving till Saturday. But I'm trying to kind of, you know, I'm no double G, but I'm going to try to be dipping my toes in a little bit on, on these smoked meats, smoked fish, uh, and I'm going to need his advice. So I already told him, I got, I'm bringing him these Firebirds. I need a little bit of advice from him. How am I going to get this thing working? And uh, obviously, I need my jerky fix. Yeah, guys, I'm telling you, if you haven't tried Double G Craft Jerky, go ahead and try it. Um, I had it out there. My buddy today says to me, he looks at me and he goes, listen, I'm a bit of a jerky connoisseur. Um, and in fact, when I when he came out to Portland to visit, I, uh, I took him right to Tillamook. And, uh, and he got some jerky from there and he was, he was loving it. And he's a, just a huge jerky fan. And he took one bite of the double G craft jerky and he goes, this is really good jerky. So, uh, I'm not just saying that because they're an awesome sponsor of our show and a friend of Nate's, uh, it's a quality product. So visit double G craft jerky, use code run it to get one of those free pins while supplies last and, uh, and help Garrett and, and, you know, try out some of this jerky. So, uh, Nate, we've, uh, we've had an awesome run of shows here. Uh, before we get started, I think it only makes sense to, uh, take a second and, um, send out our thoughts to, to the Waisaki and Mays family. Uh, we had Ricky on. We talked a little bit about his sister, Lauren. And, uh, and right before he went off in Emporia, he released the news that, uh, unfortunately she lost her, her battle with brain cancer. Yeah, really, really unfortunate. I mean, I think she she may have had a, another diagnosis earlier that wasn't so public, but man, did it ever feel uh, sudden this thing, you know? And and Yuli and Rick actually flew back to Charlotte like in the middle of the night, right before the tournament started. So even more, all the more impressive, like the way those guys were able to come back and play, dealing with the the tragedy and and you know. Take not sleeping, flying there, supporting his family, flying back. It was a, a really a whirlwind thing, and and definitely 
um, heart goes out to Rick and his whole family because, yeah, just uh, she was the oldest sister. Kind of sounds like she was kind of the one that that was kind of holding everybody together and and kind of like a, a a leader in that family. So I'm sure it's going to be really tough moving forward without her. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Rick and I were actually texting back and forth a little bit, and he uh, he said, "Hey, listen, she was a, a huge supporter of my disc golf career, and uh, I know she would have wanted me to play it in that tournament. So, so that's what I did. And yep. uh, and and play he did. It was amazing. Yep. So, yep. Um, our thoughts go out to them. But um, we have an amazing show lined up today for all of our listeners. Um, We've had some really cool guests throughout our time here on Running It. Uh, a lot of friends of yours and people that you uh, came up through the ranks kind of looking up to, playing with, and some that maybe looked up to you. And uh, we've got another disc golf enthusiast that we're going to be speaking with today who is actually in the professional ranks, but that's not what he does full time. Nate, today we're going to be running it with NHL goaltender from the Pittsburgh Penguins, Casey DeSmith. Casey, welcome to Running It, man. Uh, thanks for having me, Jared and Nate. Uh, pleasure to be here. Happy to talk with you guys. Awesome, man. This, I love it. We're kind of switching gears here, obviously. Uh, you, like, like Jared said, technically you are a professional disc golfer, but I'm sure you don't really think of it that way uh, with, a, with a whole other sport being in the NHL for the Penguins. Yeah, definitely don't consider myself a professional disc golfer, nor should anybody else. I don't think my skills <laughs> can quite be classified as professional ranks, but uh, I'm thankfully a little bit better at hockey. <laughs> Dude, speaking of hockey, did you uh, you watching any hockey tonight? You see any of that craziness between uh, between your buddies, the Capitals and the Rangers tonight? I'm sorry, I missed it. I was actually taking a nap. You know, you guys, oh. so I had to. Uh, had to take a little nap there, but I did see the replays of, of what happened and, you know, kind of yeah, you know, had to see it coming. Oh, it was definitely coming, man. Uh, six fights, 72 penalty minutes in the first four minutes of the game. That's old school hockey. Yeah, definitely. The, you know, it was obviously what happened to uh, Panarin is really unfortunate, but it's nice to see his teammates kind of answer the call there and, and answer the bell and, and kind of stand up for him and stand up for the whole league in that way. Yeah, that's the way that it's got to go too. Um, so I feel super excited today because, like I said, two of my two of my passions as far as professional sports go are are disc golf and hockey. And I'm sitting here hanging out with uh, with Nate Sexton and uh, and Casey. You're obviously an, an NHL goaltender, so um, something that's that's really pretty cool. Now, Nate, I know you said you're not the biggest hockey fan, but you know a little bit about disc golf. Um, and Casey's uh, Casey's out there playing, man. He's uh, he's a 965 rated. Probably has gotten to play much, um, but I checked you out on Simon's channel. Uh, you played around with him and and, and Casey White. Um, it, it's uh, it's just exciting to have another professional athlete that's kind of dipping into your sport as well, huh, Nate? Oh yeah, for sure. And and I want to be totally clear. Like I I wouldn't say I. I have anything against hockey in any way, but just coming from the Pacific Northwest, I just feel like it's kind of a hockey dead zone. And maybe, maybe with the Seattle team coming in, uh, some kids are going to get a little more exposure, but I just feel like hockey never really crossed my radar as a kid. So I never really got to watch it that much, but you know, definitely like the Olympics, I was tuning into some hockey and, uh, and I think it's a fascinating game. So I'm really excited to kind of hear some more from Casey about that. And as well, as well as obviously the crossover of, of like a hobby thing for him, that's disc golf and, and how, how you kind of got started 
in disc golf, Casey, like, uh, you know, coming from obviously like junior hockey and you're probably having to give almost all your time to that as a kid to get to the level that you are now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually, a you know, late starter when it comes to disc golf. I'm sure a lot of, you know, the professionals started at a young age and been playing disc golf and throwing discs for a long time, but I'm actually like still pretty recent. I think I've only been playing for about five or six years now. Um, I got into it just because of YouTube, to be honest. Um, this was, I think this was pre big sexy commentary. Yeah, it would have uh, been. Yeah, definitely. So I was, uh, looking at the old school, you know, Will Schuster videos and, and things like that. So that's kind of when I started playing. Uh, my uncle found some videos on YouTube and kind of brought disc golf to my attention. He's like, you want to go try this? And I was like kind of skeptical at first. Um, but as soon as I threw one drive, I was hooked. I was like, I need to be good at this. Nice. In that summer, I played almost every day. And the summer after that, played almost every day. And the rest is history. So uh, I was definitely hooked uh, from the first time I played. And I love it as a sport. It's something that, you know, it doesn't take a ton of time. It's not like ball golf where you're out there for five hours, which I like. I can just kind of sneak in around by myself or with one other person it goes nice and quick um it's really convenient you know no tea times or anything like that pittsburgh is is great as far as courses are concerned i love the courses around here so there's just a lot to like about disc golf for me yeah man there are good courses in pittsburgh i know that much from that 2015 world championships that i played there have you ever had have you ever run into like coaches i mean obviously now you're getting paid a bunch to to play hockey you know you're like that's your job so do you ever run into like hey man take it easy on the discs like we need you in the goal it's it's funny all all my teammates and you know our trainers and our coaches and stuff they all know that i play disc golf like incessantly and <laughs> so every every day after an off day you know they'll know it was 65 or 70 degrees out the day before and they're like so how many holes you play yesterday Kate? you know and <laughs> it'll usually be like oh, i got out for 36 kind of kind of thing so um i do play every chance i can get in season out of season uh i, I do like to play a lot of disc golf it's definitely relaxing to me you know i, I love hockey as a sport more than disc golf uh, as much as it pains me to say that but disc golf as a sport and as a hobby it's just really relaxing to me. I can be competitive with myself. Uh, I can be outside walking around, enjoying nature. So there's just, it does a lot of good for me, like mentally to get away from hockey, get out of the rink and just enjoy a different, a different game. Yeah, man. And way less protective gear as well. Like I'm, I'm just kind of curious as like a total noob, like how long does it take to get that stuff on as a goalie? You would actually be shocked. I can get it on in about 10 minutes. Okay, that's I see. I, it looks like it would take longer. That's yeah. Obviously, you're a pro, so I'd expect you to be quick. But but yeah, man, there's a there's a lot of kit that goes with with your job now. Yeah, no doubt. I uh, thankfully I have the the privilege of designing my own gear, and that's kind of the cool part about being a goalie. You have a um, you know custom helmet, custom pads. You can do whatever you want as far as colors and and stuff on your helmet. That's actually how all this got started with the uh, dynamic discs was because I had a disc golf basket on my helmet. Um, so I kind of got hooked up with them as far as like a little sponsorship because of that, which was really cool for me because obviously I'm not skill wise. I'm not quite good enough to uh, score a sponsorship based on merit. So I, you know, got a 
pull some strings. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I remember seeing that like Reddit or Facebook or somewhere before anybody, before your name had kind of circled around, like there's a goalie with a basket on his helmet. Like what? Sick. You know, people just getting like some screen capture from pausing their DVR at the right moment, you know? So I, I can kind of remember becoming aware of you in that same way and being like, Oh sweet. This guy, this guy obviously likes playing quite a bit. If he went to the trouble of getting the sticker and, and, you know, you like customizing your stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just something that was really important to me. And, um, you know, I got that sticker and it was kind of, I had some of my buddies' initials on it who I used to play with at home, used to play disc golf with, and they kind of got into it with me. So I had their initials next to the basket. And that's kind of how it all got started. And then the following year, uh, I actually got a full-blown disc golf mask. Like I had a penguin throwing disc golf, like a disc, you know, through the, through the bridges in, in Pittsburgh, um, you know, the skyline in the background and stuff. So that was kind of a, a cool mask uh, riding the wave of that that sticker I had before. Nice. That's awesome. That's, any any other NHL players that you know of out there uh, playing disc golf? Do you, you got any other uh, hockey buddies that get out and play with you? I've had a couple guys from my team come out, try it out. Um, um, the most recent guy who's come out and actually kept coming out is uh, Emil Larmy. He was a goalie partner of mine last year in the AHL. We were both down there in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. And, you know, he came out with me once or twice and was kind of just skeptical at first. And then there's really not much to do in Wilkesbury, let's be honest. So he just kept coming out with me. And, you know, you know how it is, Nate, when, when somebody for the first time really like gets it, right? And they start yeah. throwing a little bit longer and a little bit flatter and, and getting, you know, a little bit of right turn before it finishes left. And so he just started getting hooked just like I did, just like the rest of us did. Um, so it was pretty cool to get him into it and have someone to go with so often last year. And actually because of the, the COVID situation this year, he's actually been up in Pittsburgh more often than not this year as well. So we've been getting to go out on off days and such. So it's, it's really been nice having him around. Sweet. That's awesome. I mean, are we, are we ever going to, do you think we're ever going to see Sidney Crosby on the course? Uh, we'll see. I don't know. Sid, Sid's kind of, uh, He's like the best athlete ever. So I don't know if I want him to come out. And yeah. Right <laughs> That's fair. Uh, yeah. So I know Sid's around sometimes in the summer. Um, he's never said that he wants to go with me, but, you know, maybe I'll get him out there one of these times. And sweet. I'll break the internet with a video of Sidney Crosby playing disco. Yeah, you would, man. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. That would absolutely break the internet. Um, you know, obviously he's. One of the all-time greats for anybody who's who's listening, who's maybe not a huge hockey fan. I, I mean, um, I, I kind of told Nate, uh, you know, in my mind, um, if Wayne Gretzky is the, you know, the Ken Climo, then Sidney Crosby's like the Paul Macbeth of uh, of the times right now and uh just a, an amazing athlete and i imagine he would be great with a disc um i actually was out to dinner in buffalo uh one time probably about six years ago and uh, i was having dinner at the chop house a steakhouse right up the street from the arena and i turned the corner and uh sydney crosby was sitting there with a, a couple of other players at a table and the place was packed and nobody was near him and we like locked eyes and I 
was getting ready to shout out Sidney Crosby and I just saw him. He just kind of gave me this look like, please don't do this right now on a Friday night in this full restaurant. And I, I just kind of nodded and he nodded and I kept going. So I think he got to enjoy his dinner, but the fan in me wanted to totally scream out like, Holy shit, it's Sidney Crosby. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure he just wanted to enjoy his meal. So instead we just did a, a the cool little head nod and, and I went on my way. Plus if any of my friends that were Sabres fans saw me chatting it up with him, it would have been bad <laughs> for sure I'm, I'm sure he appreciated that um I'm sure he gets it all the time wherever he goes but uh you know I'll, I'll make sure to tell him tomorrow that uh you said hi again yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Be, like, be like listen i'm sure you remember that head nod that night at the buffalo chop house um yeah, no, it's, uh, it was, uh, it was pretty cool to see him in there. And, uh, you guys are having an incredible season right now. Um, you guys are already clinched. Got a nice first place spot. How, uh, how you feeling heading into the, uh, into the second season here? Yeah, uh, the boys are feeling good. We're playing well right now. Uh, we've really just had a pretty consistent year. We had a couple little down spells, a few off games here and there, but overall we've been really consistent. So, you know, I know the boys are really excited about playoffs, and this is obviously what we play for. The regular season, you know, as long as you make playoffs, it really doesn't matter anymore whether we're first place in the division or fourth. It's, you know, we got to bring it every night come playoffs. Every team in our division is really good, so it'll be interesting. Any room on the uh, Penguins bandwagon that I could maybe jump on jump on board for the for the playoffs run? There's always room. Yeah, right, everybody, sweet. jump on board. Go Pens. Okay, I'm a yeah. That, <laughs> that's it, I'll make that official. I mean, I got family in Buffalo, but I've never been that tied to hockey. Sorry, Sabers. Sorry, Jarrett. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Penguins. Yeah, don't worry. The Sabers aren't in the playoffs anyway, so you can. Okay, get cool, cool, for this cool. One. Cool. Listen, you guys, you guys can chat this up all you want. Just remember who controls what actually hits the airwaves here. So I'll pull <laughs> this shit right out. It's going to um, come in me kind of robot voice, like I love Sabers, Sabers yeah, all the way. That's right. Uh, no, yeah, the Sabers, uh, the, the Sabers are like, um, I tell people all the time, I'm like, I'm in a, I'm in a terribly abusive relationship. I just continue to show unconditional love and I just continue to get let down and hurt. And I, it's not their fault. I, I probably deserve it. It's, it's gotta be me. Um, but yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a rough, you know, it's been a rough little run here for the Sabres. Now, Casey, obviously you had to be a huge hockey fan growing up. Who was your hockey team as you were a kid? It's kind of crazy. I, I was a diehard Montreal Canadiens fan. Uh, my dad's, my dad's family, my dad's side of the family, my uncles, my dad, all diehard Habs fans. So growing up in New England, uh, in New Hampshire, in Boston Bruins country, uh, it was really during the peak of the the rivalry as well when I was growing up there as a teenager. Uh, it was rough. I mean, all all my teammates were Boston Bruins fans, and they played each other in the playoffs like four out of five years or something crazy. And um, but yeah, we were diehard Habs fans. We'd watch almost every game together, my dad and I. Um, so yeah, that was definitely my team growing up, no doubt. That's disappointing, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> no, you know what? Honestly, as long as you didn't say the Leafs, I was I was totally okay with that. So, uh, and I'll, I'll take the Habs over the Bruins, even though my last name is Orr. Um, 
you know, I get a, I get a lot of, you know, people ask me all the time, they're like, Hey man, are you related to Bobby Orr? And I always give the same cheesy response and say, no, but I hear he's been going around telling people he's related to me. So, <laughs> good um, yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's nice when I get to, when I get to bust that one out. Um, you so, gotta go with maybe like, do you know who I am? I once nodded at Sidney Crosby across a restaurant. So yeah, you know. uh, I don't, I don't know who this Bobby Orr guy is, but I've got the number three sports podcast in Malaysia. So just back up. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that had to be, you know, you're what, you're a young guy, right? You're what, 25? I wish I was 25. You can tell everyone I'm 25. <laughs> I'm 29. How, how, 29. All right. So, God, that, that was like, that still had to be like Carrie Price. That was your, that was your goaltender. Is that who you were watching back then? Yeah, as a teenager, it was Carey Price all the way, for sure. Um, before that, my guy was Jose Cador. Um, he had some amazing years. Um, I'm pretty sure he had a Vesna year in there. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah he had some, some really good playoff runs as well, some really amazing playoff series against the Bruins. So I, I wore number 60 growing up because of uh, Jose that was, Cador. For a long yeah, that time. was him. And uh, I wore 29. Uh, all the way through college because of Ken Dryden, who was obviously way before any of those guys, but uh, he was also <laughs> one of my favorite players. Yeah, he uh, he was he was okay. He's he's won a few Stanley Cups in his day, and then they had that they had that other stiff that came in there in the early '90s, uh, Patrick Waugh, and uh, and they they had to they had to move on from him. But yeah, that was. <laughs> Yeah, yeah they being to... a uh, being a Habs fan and a goalie, it was kind of kind of a treat. You know, you have all those icons to choose from and and look up to and watch. So it was it was pretty nice being a Habs fan in that regard. Now, do you know that um, back in the early days of the NHL, original six and a little after, that uh, the Canadians got first rights to any French Canadian born player. Um, and that's why they were so stacked and they had all those amazing teams through the, you know, through the sixties and even the seventies, because if you were a French Canadian born player, the Habs got first crack at you and that's how they were able to stack up all those amazing players. Yeah. It doesn't seem fair. Does it? Um, <laughs> growing up in New England, <laughs> I heard all of this, all of the excuses as, as to why the Habs have 24 cups. Um, most of history, no big deal. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I heard all this. I heard, uh, what else did I hear? I heard that they got caught having a bigger oppo like opposition net than their net. So it was like, whatever, a half an inch bigger on each side or something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I heard everything. All, all my buddies, like every excuse in the book, believe me. <laughs> well, I'm sure all your buddies were wicked smart. And they, uh, and they all, you know, they all knew that the Bruins were the, were the right pick there. Um, so yeah, so you're a Canadians fan in Boston. That must've, uh, that must've really, that must've been tough. Uh, I can't even imagine that. Um, you know, it was just, it was all in good fun, obviously, but it was the, the vast majority of my friends and, you know, really even our family friends as well, Bruins fans. Um, so yeah, it was just, Every year they seem to see each other in the playoffs too, which made it even more fun and and things like that. So, and all my uncles are also out east as well. You know, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Maine. Um, that's where my family's always lived. So, we've always been in enemy territory, so to speak. 
Have you converted them all to, to Penguins fans now? You know what? It's kind of funny. I think it's it's pretty split, <laughs> as much as it pains me to say. Uh, <laughs> I know my dad and all my uncles, you know, they watch all the Habs games still, very invested in the Habs. Um, but at the same time, I know that every time I'm playing, they're watching the game as well. So I think they're they're very invested in the Penguins and also the Habs, which is fine with me. Well, especially since you're going to win a Stanley Cup before they are, so... I hope so. They they kicked us out last year, which is disappointing, but uh, hopefully not this year. No, yeah, a- absolutely not. So, all right, let me ask you, um, more satisfying feeling for you, 350-foot ace or a shutout? Wow, that's that's a good question. Um, hey, man, I, I've, got, I've had some practice. Yeah, I would say I'll take the ace. Yeah, that's uh, got to be more rare, right? I mean, the ace has got to be more rare. Whoa. I've had I've had five aces, and I know I've had at least uh, more than five NHL shutouts, I believe. So I'll take the ace any day. Wow, I didn't see that one coming, but I uh, I appreciate it. How, uh, how are you? Want to? I you hear a lot of times about hockey players being superstitious, uh, and any professional athlete really. But for some reason, I feel like it, it comes a lot out in hockey. Are you are you super like? Are you bringing the same socks back after a shutout? No, not at all. I'm tempted to bring out the, the old office office quote here, but uh, I'm not superstitious. And and everybody says goalies are always so weird and superstitious. That's not me. Um, I don't really have – I have, like, a pregame routine that I stick to, but that's mostly because I feel like I know what gets me ready to play the, the best, the most effectively. Um, so it's not really superstition per se. It's not, like, anything pointless or, like, meaningless tasks that I have to do to feel ready. So I would say that on the superstition scale, I'm, like, very low as far as hockey players are concerned. There's some guys on our team that blow my mind how superstitious they are. It's insane. You don't have to, um, na- you don't have to name names, but tell us something. Tell us something that you, that you think is crazy. Oh, um, <laughs> well, Sid basically from the time he gets to the rink to the time the game is over, there's like a superstition for every single thing he does. Basically it's everything. Wow. Like, I can't even pick out one because it's like every second of the time he's at the rink from two hours before the game to the time the game ends, there's something that he has to be doing or, you know, um, especially during warmups. I mean, if you watch, if you videotaped our warmup before the game on the ice, if you videotaped like 10 warmups, it would probably look the exact same every time because every single guy does the exact same thing on the ice. And like being a lay person, just watching warmups, you would never notice. But seeing it day in and day out, you kind of pick up on every single guy's little quirks and little things that they have to do as far as superstitions go on the ice during warmups. And it's pretty funny. Like me and uh, Chad Ruedel, who used to play in Buffalo, actually. Yes, um, he did. Yeah, we'll we'll sit out when I'm not playing. We'll sit out at center ice and just kind of watch everybody's superstitions and be like, oh, you know, here comes Sid to bank the puck off the wall and skate to the other side and do some stick handles and, you know, here here goes Gunsy doing his little you know passing between so and so's legs to himself. It's like just the littlest things that you you kind of pick up on. It's it's pretty funny to watch. 
Nate, what about disc golfers? I mean, are you are you pretty much set in in your same routine? Like the morning before, do you know? All right, I'm gonna go throw fifty putts, and then I'm gonna do you know? Do you have a a, a routine that you always do, or do you just kind of play it by ear? Uh, it isn't that. I not exactly. I mean, it's not like I count my putts or anything. You know, like it's the warm up is pretty similar every day, but it's not. Not superstitious, I wouldn't say, for most of the guys. I think it's just you get out there, you get your little bit of stretching, a little bit of warm-up, like, active stuff in, and then a little bit of throwing and kind of ramping up your power, pretty natural stuff to not injure yourself because you don't want to just go and rip a shot right out of the car. And then I think most guys usually going to putt last, and then, cause then you're kind of waiting to hear your name over the loudspeaker, like, next tee time, you know, Nate Sexton, and then it's like, okay, it's time for me to walk out up there, but you don't want to be like, have 10 drivers all over the driving range when you hear your name, or else you got to kind of jog, and that's not a good look. Fair enough. Fair enough. Also, uh, Casey mentioned earlier, you know, he, he grew up watching some some Will Schustrich. Um It was his birthday yesterday, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Him and James Conrad. It's a, it's a really good disc golf birthday, it turns out. Yeah, uh, I guess we, so. We had this running joke for a long time. One of my good buddies that I used to play disc golf with a lot, his name's John Aulis, and he lives in Portland. Solid player, great forehand. Uh, and he is exactly seven years older than me, born on the 4th of May. And then Schustrick is exactly seven years younger than me. And at the time we realized that, Schustrick was in full world beater mode, like winning US DGCs all over the place at like age 21. And uh, we used to joke that like, man, whenever we find that kid that's seven years younger than Schustrick, that's the guy. Because like I was quite a bit better than my buddy John. And at that time, Will was quite a bit better than me. And we're like every seven years on the 4th of May. You know, so we were looking for that kid for a while, but I, I don't, I don't know that he's coming. He might be out there now, Casey. I was watching, uh, I was watching some of your videos that are up on YouTube. Um, you're, you're an NHL goaltender, but I'm pretty sure your YouTube page is uh, the Smith Disc. Is that correct? Yeah. I, well, actually, that's more of my uncle's YouTube page. Um, <laughs> he's my uncle's a graphic designer, and we went up and took a, a trip to Vermont, and. You know, we were playing, oh my God, I think one day we played 72 holes in one day up at Smugs. And uh, so my by the end of the third round, my uncle was dragging. And he was like, no case, like, I don't think I can play another round. But if you want to, he's like, I have my camera. I'll just film you and, you know, we can make a cool video afterwards or something. And I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds fun. I just wanted to play another round. And uh, so <laughs> we ended up spending so much time making this video when we got back to my trip. And, you know, he uploaded it to YouTube and everything on this, the Smith, the Smith disc, uh, YouTube page. I don't even think I have access to it, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's how that got started. I might, I might get into it a little bit this summer. Oh, I'll film some rounds and, and try and throw it up there myself. Maybe get into the YouTube thing. Who knows? Awesome. So forehand or backhand, what's your, what's your go-to? What's your comfort shot? Definitely backhand. Even more so lately, I think over the past year and a half or two years, my forehand has actually gotten worse somehow, and my backhand has gotten exponentially better. So I'm turning into even more of a backhand preference player at this point. It used to be probably like 60-40, and now it's almost probably like 80-20. to 20. It's, it's actually really hard to get 
better at both of them at the same time because there are so many holes and shots in the game of disc golf that are like, well, which one's your favorite? Because this will both can work here. And so I think uh, I remember a long time ago somebody asking me like, oh, do you think you could be the best forehand and backhand player in the world at the same time when I was young? I was like, oh, of course. But I don't think it's possible anymore. I think they're they're so connected that like as you as you kind of leak towards liking one better, it like replaces the times when you would kind of f- have the forehand work in, you know. So it's like that's not weird for you to get uh, a little bit worse at one while simultaneously getting better at the other. I think it's pretty natural. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense actually. Um, I find myself throwing a you know a, a hyzer flip up to flat or like a you know hyzer flip to turn instead of a backhand con sorry instead of a forehand I, I find myself doing that constantly now yeah and i think that's why my backhand is getting so much better because i have so much more confidence in my backhand now that I, I reach for that first every time whereas like the forehand maybe let me down a few too many times and i'm like why did why did they even bother throwing that forehand i could have thrown a backhand and it just kind of spirals that way where you know s- soon i'm just going to be throwing like a handful of forehands around if that yeah um, really the only time i throw it now is if it's a, a left to right shot well and and forgive my uh my bad knowledge of how the nhl works but like you know i got you man if uh if the if pittsburgh ever plays seattle next year i don't know how that works if you guys make the cross-country trip but yeah man you want to get around i can get that forehand running for you i bet all right i'm looking forward to that i uh i hope we play seattle i hope we get to get out there um, I don't know how far away uh, Beaver State Fling Course. What is that called, Milo? It's, yeah, it's a bit, that's a bit of a trek. You'd, you'd need a oh. you'd need a day, but uh, yeah, it's yeah, that's probably like sure. at least two hours each way. Oh wow! Okay, so maybe that'll be a summertime trip for me. But I there's some good ones in the Seattle area, course. though, man. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah. get you somewhere fun. Sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. You can cool. fix my forehand. Yeah, man. You can't fix my putting, though. Nobody can fix my putting, please. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> it's not that hard. You just throw the piece of plastic in the basket, man. What are you talking about? Yeah, and you just grab the puck out of midair when it's going 100 million miles an hour. It's easy. Just just, I'll, just I'll have somebody tell you how that, to do it, and you do it. That shot that Nate hit, it was the skins match at uh, De La Viega. Oh, yeah, the forehand make threes. Yeah, I was like, my, my dad and I were watching that together. And we like we literally almost turned off the video. We're like, this is just so annoying. Like, how do you do that? <laughs> that was a lucky day. That's that was a crazy day to make two of those in one round. Um, yeah, definitely one I won't forget. That was that was pretty special. Yeah, you're a cheat code. I wish. Can you just give me like a tenth of that, just a little bit. <laughs> Dude, speaking of cheat codes, I was out today and I was eating the double G craft jerky. I picked up some of the some of the new flavor. Um, yeah, the cracks and um, yeah, I didn't throw any farther. I I was like, all right, I got the beef jerky. I'm gonna go up and throw one of these double G six foot bombs. And I stepped up and I let it rip. And I mean, dude, trust me, it was like one of the nicest 232 foot tosses you've ever seen in your life. But uh, no, I didn't. I so I still don't know what his cheat code is or how he does that. But it's it's not the beef jerky. Well, it's not one bite. Clearly, you got to put in the time. You got to get it coursing through your veins. I think. Speaking of double G, I got a little stack of five Firebirds right here from that uh, latest drop. He contacted me beforehand, said, "Hey, man, I'll buy some from you. Can you just bring them to me?" I said, "No money, man. Jerky." 
jerky. Right. It's all about you're all about trading for snacks. Yeah. No. No money needed. I want all I want is jerky and and double G wraiths. That's what I told them. So hopefully you're gonna I've get got, a little nice package. I've got one of those double G halos, and uh, they fly pretty nice, man. Yeah, I'm still. I haven't thrown one yet. I'm looking forward to it. Casey wouldn't know because he's got those dynamic desks in his uh, in his bag. But you got to go with who's supporting you. Now, yeah. Casey, Casey, why we got you here? And I've got Nate here at the same time because I've really been thinking about this a lot. Um, initially, Casey, are you familiar with this whole hot dog bandit scandal right now? Absolutely not. You're gonna have to explain that. All one right. To me. All right, so somebody's been going around on tour, and they've been putting these hot dog stamps on people's desks, right? And uh, and several several pro players have have had discs come out of their bag and and have a, a winner stamp on them. Now, I was positive that it was uh, Eric Oakley. I've called him out on it several times on on social media. He claims it's not him. Ricky uh, came on and thought. You know, I think it's the entire Dynamic Discs crew. Good theory. Nate, and then Jomez comes out and does a hot dog party. What? To, do you think I'm not picking up what they're putting down? I'm <laughs> I'm switching now. It's Jonathan Gomez and the boys are out there wiener stamping people's discs. How did I? Where? When was the hot dog party? How How do I not know about the hot dog party? Dude, it went down in Kansas. Jomez, they are grilling hot dogs and come out and buy a disc. And that uh, oh, yeah, that's, I did see that. I did see that. Yeah, well, gosh, I, I, I would... I would be crushed if they kept that from me this whole time. So maybe that'll... Maybe that'll... If that's true, my word. They, they've looked me straight in the face. That, <laughs> I would have to reevaluate a lot of things. It's a, this is a big thing that's going on right now, Casey. Pros desks are coming up with hot dog stamps on them. And, uh, there's, there's like, th- there's investigative videos out. And there's a, <laughs> I mean, nobody's desk is safe right now. So there's, it there's feels a lot. That way. It does feel yeah, that way. There's a lot that's going on. Um, Casey, obviously with being on, being with such a strenuous schedule in the NHL, uh, I'm sure you don't get a chance to play as much as, as you would like. Um, are, are there any specific, uh, tournaments or courses that you, that you have on your bucket list that you want to get into that you, you haven't had the chance to play yet? Um, really any tournament. I mean, it's, I don't play in many tournaments. Uh, unfortunately, I, I usually play in like, maybe two two per summer and then once hockey season starts that's the end of that um i would love to play in really any any pro tournament where you know you guys are at. i i was fortunate enough to get into the pittsburgh flying disc open last year and i had chris clemens and terry roethlisberger and jordan castro stay at my place for well they were supposed to stay for like Four days, but then they ended up staying for like over a week because because <laughs> you got a sick place, a, right? Yeah, they were having a good time in Pittsburgh, <laughs> and and they had it like an extra week before they had to be in Vermont or something. So they just stayed over and enjoyed playing with my cat, and yeah, we just had a good time. So that was probably the highlight of my disc golf career was the PFDO last summer, and Clemens was able to win it. I was able to watch him win it and play off holes. Um, yeah, so yeah, you ended really up finishing like 15, though, right? You had a good showing there. Oh, I don't know if I was quite that high, but yeah, I was pretty happy with how I played. I think I was maybe even for the tournament or maybe even a little bit better, minus three or something. Uh, I don't really remember, but I was happy with my showing. Nice. Who? Anybody, I mean, I don't even really know what uh, 
qualifications you could even assess. But anybody in the disc golf world you think you could make that could kind of hold their own in a hockey net? Oh, wow. Yeah, I have no idea. It's um, probably pretty hard to tell, right? Because it's not really like you need a certain body type or anything. You just need to be quick. You need to be kind of fearless and ready to do it. Yeah, it's really a completely different type of sport, it feels like. Um, you know, disc golf is so form-oriented, and um, I feel like it's very much about repeatable movements and yeah. being able to just replicate your putt or replicate your form on your backhand or, or forehand or whatnot. Um, and hockey is, I find it's a little bit more organic. Um, you know, no play is ever really exactly the same when you're out there, um, based on where everybody is on the ice, where the opposition is, where your own team is. I'm speaking as a goalie's perspective, especially, um, you know, every, every read uh, of a play is, is a little bit different than the last. So definitely less about repeatable movements and, and more about just reading, reading and reacting. I got. I assume you got to be like really flexible, right? It looks uncomfortable to do the thing where you kind of get both knees on the ground and you have the pads low to like block off the bottom of the goal. Yeah, the butterfly. Yeah, um, I'm pretty flexible. Yeah, not not the most flexible goalie in the league, but uh, you know, definitely not. I'm, I'm more flexible than you. Let's say that. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, yeah, but I actually. Um, yeah, we do we do some good amount of stretching and and things like that, warming up before we go on the ice because you know it it does take a lot, um, a lot of flexibility and uh, it's pretty strenuous. Sure. Yeah, I would I would say I would imagine it is. Now, what uh what happens when you got to go to the bathroom in the middle of the game? I always wondered that for goalies, like you know, <laughs> here it is. It's you know it's a second period. We're only four minutes in, and uh, you know I gotta make it the rest of this period. And then do you, how do you get in there and get all that stuff off and get into the bathroom on time? You just <laughs> you just letting it ride. Is that is that is that how it goes? You guys got a diaper on in there? That's what I always well, suspect. I mean, like before the game or before warmups, you know, before you get dressed, if you're not taking a pee, you're doing something wrong. You know, you're I, not I in the pros. I'm guessing you're not even in the pros if that if you haven't figured that one out yet. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just kind of something that everybody knows they have to do. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, we're we're sweating a whole bunch, but we're we're drinking even more. So, you know, going pee in between periods and all that gear, kind of take we take off the top half. And then, you know, it's it's a challenge. It's not the easiest thing ever. It's going pee with those goalie pads on, let me tell you. <laughs> hmm. Could be on to something. Some goalie pads with a trap door or something. I could <laughs> totally take the market on this thing for you guys. There you go. Billion dollar idea. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Toughest. Who would you say is that? Now, I know that you play against him in practice every day. So let's take him out of the equation. Um Toughest shooter that you faced when when you see him coming in one on you and you're like oh shit who is it? Um, you know I think a, a very valid argument would be made for Austin Matthews this year. Um, thankfully I haven't had to play him because he's in the Canadian division and not our division. Um, but he's having an incredible year. His his skills and his shots are off the chart. Um, Ovechkin in our division for sure. Uh, obviously one of the most most lethal shots of all time, if not the most lethal. Um, so anytime he's wound up for a, a one time on the power play, it's, it's a tall task. And then, uh, one guy in particular that's had a little bit too much success against me is, uh, Jack Eichel, you know, your, your boy from Buffalo. 
Just so you know, if you didn't say him, I was going to plug him in anyway. So I mean, <laughs> I figured. So I just, I'm happy you threw Captain um, Jack in there. Yeah, yeah, he's an amazing player, and the way he shoots the puck, it's very unique. It's it's tough to pick up for me, and I think he scored one overtime goal against me in preseason, and another one in the regular season two years ago, um, plus some other goals thrown in there. So yeah, I don't really like playing against him. He's he's a good player. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. So, yeah, this worked out nice. You saved me a lot of time because Jack Eichel's name was going in there one way or the other. So, I, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah it saved us all some time with that one. I'm yeah, wondering, absolutely. I'm wondering, and again, I'm I'm such a hockey noob, but like you look kind of invincible in all those pads. But I got to think there's some weak spots where you like it hurts pretty bad, right? If you catch one in the wrong spot. Oh yeah, yeah, I got one in the shoulder in practice uh, last week. <laughs> Man, there is not much like meat where it hit, and it was still so black and blue. It hit right on the bone, and it's still bruised. Oh, like, man. Um, that was not much fun. But, yeah, I mean, our gear is really good. I mean, it's probably like once every two weeks where you'll really get a bad one that misses the pads and just gets you somewhere bad. Yeah. Um, it doesn't happen that often. So it's not as crazy as people think it is or as crazy as it looks, but there are, there are a couple instances per year where you really regret being a goalie. <laughs> that day. I bet. I bet. I can only imagine. I, uh, I was fortunate enough to spend some time with, uh, a former Buffalo Sabre player, Rob Ray. And, uh, the Razor is my favorite player of all time, uh, which is crazy to say, but, uh, and he, he was basically just an enforcer. And, um, he was telling me that, in uh, in the late 80s, he went down to block a shot and it somehow got up into his shorts and it caught him right in the family jewels. And he immediately skated off and realized that um, his, his two testicles were now one and it had actually gone... It had, and what happened was he goes, Ripper, our, uh, our equipment manager at the time was Rip Simonic. He said, Ripper took me back in the hallway, told me to put my back against the wall and sit down. So I put my back against the wall and sit down and he scooped me up under my legs, put his arms under my legs and put his other arm around me and started picking me up like a baby and dropping me on my butt on the concrete floor. And on about the sixth time that he dropped me, popped back out and he was, he was whole again. And, uh, and, and I realized that's why I'd never played hockey. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. That's a horrifying story. That's, that's <laughs> nightmare fuel for sure. Oh Help me God. out with all of that. <laughs> Maybe get one more pad, Casey, just one extra pad. There's gotta be one more you could find somewhere and then you should be immune. Well, it's actually funny you say that, um, in college, we we were doing this like point shot drill like the like, man shoots from the blue line and there's like someone in front tipping the puck and you know the d-man shot it low and i kind of slid over in a butterfly and i kind of extended my leg to the to the right to get my pad on it and the guy tipped it back to the left right up right up in there under my cup oh um, boy and i ended up like throwing up on the ice like and I had pasta with marinara sauce that day for lunch and everybody thought I was puking blood and it was a horrible experience. And from that day on, every single time I've stepped on the ice, I have two cups on instead of one. So <laughs> I will never make that mistake again. 
So <laughs> that was my lesson learned experience as far as that's concerned. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> I can't even imagine. So Casey, I'm just going to, and obviously there's nothing you can do about this, but I just have to put this out there because one of the things that have always drove me crazy about hockey, and I'll never understand this. Okay. Uh, five on five. You ice the puck. They say that's that's no go. You lose it. They bring the puck back down, face off in your own zone. Then if you break the rules and it's five on four, so you're being penalized for breaking the rules. Now you're allowed to ice the puck and break the rules. How does that make any sense? Um, <laughs> I'm just so glad that that's the rule because it's hard well, I'm enough. I'm sure you are. Killing penalties against the, the guys in this league, uh, five on four, with being able to ice the puck. So if we weren't able to ice the puck, that would be, that would be impossible. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just the way the, the rules have always been and, it works, you know. Right, no, I know, but it's just crazy to me. You can't do this. This is against the rules unless you break another rule. And if you break that rule and we penalize you for it, then we'll let you break this rule. Yeah, I guess uh, that's just the beauty of the game. You know, it's <laughs> if you want to ice the puck, I guess just take a penalty. But uh, <laughs> you'll get an earful from the coach afterwards, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Um one of my favorite things in all of hockey is obviously the goalie fight. Have you ever have you ever thrown the gloves down and and met the other goalie at at, at half ice, center ice? No, no. I remember in juniors one time. Oh, I don't remember who we were playing. Maybe Des Moines. Um, anyways, I was playing in Indiana, and I think someone ran me, and the game was already like really chippy, and someone ran me and. Uh, you know, a couple guys started fighting and I, I wanted a piece of the other goalie, but he didn't want a piece. Uh, so I was like calling him down, but he didn't come. So that was the closest I ever got. Um, you know, since then, I think all that teenage testosterone has kind of worn off a little bit. So I'm, I feel much less inclined to fight now, uh, especially because I'm one of the smallest goalies in the league. So <laughs> I think I'd be, a little, I'd be a little bit outmatched against a lot of the guys. But uh, hey, you never know. I mean, it would take the right set of circumstances for sure. But, uh, you know, if something happened like uh, that Wilson thing, you know, and, and all the guys start fighting, you know, maybe I'd want a piece of the goalie. Who knows? Oh, God, I love hearing that. Nate, could you – that's a dynamic. That'd be an interesting dynamic to add to disc golf, right? Like right before you putt, <laughs> you just grab the guy by the jersey, yank it over his head, and just have a good go at it. That could – I mean, that could change things. Oh, I think Stric- it would change things. In playoff holes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it would change things a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm staying off Big Germ's card. If that's (laughs) I'll tell you you that much. Uh, Now, obviously, Casey, you're you're sponsored by Dynamic Discs, and I'm I'm sure that you know you you really enjoy those guys. Who are some of the other pros that you that you like to watch? Obviously, you probably spend a lot of time on YouTube. Um, Who are who are some of the guys that you like to watch to try to improve on your game? Oh man, I there's not many guys I don't like watching. Um, I watched a lot of disc golf with my uncle, with my dad. Uh, we're we're watching almost every tournament whenever we can. You know, we we all throw it on at the same time, even though you know we're not in the same place. So we'll be texting about it while we're watching. So yeah, I love watching everyone. Um, some of my favorites, uh, I would say Kevin Jones is up there for sure. I was 
fortunate enough to be able to play at Maple Hill with him uh, last summer, maybe the summer before, can't remember. But uh, played with him and Seppo Paiu, and that was a real treat. They were two of my favorites. I always love when they're on the commentary as well. Um, I think they do a great job. Um, yeah, and then the guys who stayed at my house, obviously huge fans of them. They're all great guys. We had a blast when they stayed here. So I'm looking forward to them hopefully coming back out here for the PFDO again. They can crash here again. Um, I got I to gotta think the Finns, the Finns are kind of like speaking your language in terms of their, their hockey. They're all in on hockey, the, the Finnish yeah. disc golfers. Definitely, yeah. Email Larmy, the, the kid I was talking about earlier, the other goalie. He is a fan. Um, and then his buddy, who was on the team in Wilkes last year with us, uh, Nicholas Almari. He's actually playing over in Finland this year. Uh, but he used to go with us all the time, too. So I had my two Finnish teammates. I got them into disc golf. You know, it's it just nice. You had to see that one coming. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And then Ricky Wysocki was the first pro that I ever played with in person. Uh, great guy, obviously. You guys talked about him earlier. So big fan of his as well. We're always rooting for him. Um, someone I've never played with, who I root for a lot, is Varsby. Uh, I just love his flair. Um, yeah, and then Double G. I've talked to him a little bit uh, you know, through social media and stuff. Seems like a great guy. And obviously, it's hard not to love watching him, given how yeah. far he throws. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. Yeah, those are my favorites. Yeah, Nate, you uh, if you're calling Jomez or even live disc golf and Barsby comes up and he hits a long putt, I really need you to drop a Barsby puts the biscuit in the basket because it's just <laughs> I think it's just a perfect it's perfect I think I think about that a lot. Uh, I, I I can try I can see what I can do for you. All right, good. I'm just I'm just I don't want you I don't want you losing any more sleep about that. No, no, no. I I appreciate it. I need I need all the sleep that I can get. Over here. Um. <laughs> So, uh, so Casey, you've, uh, you've obviously got uh, a ton going on and I know we're keeping you up late here. It was an off night. This all just kind of worked out. Um, we've been trying to get you on for a little while here, but I don't know. Nate's off playing professional disc golf. You're out playing professional hockey. And basically you guys are really just messing up my podcast schedule. So I'm happy. I'm happy that we were able to get this all, all taken care of and we're not, we're not off playing any professional sports tonight. Um, but I, I, I really appreciate you, you coming on and, and chatting with us a little bit and, and talking some hockey. Um, you uh, you signed a three-year deal. You're in your second year, so you've got another year in Pittsburgh. Um, obviously, I, I think you're probably pretty set there. That's probably where you want to keep playing, right? Yeah, I love Pittsburgh. I love everything about it. It's I think it's the best organization in the league. Um, I'm obviously very biased. I've been with Pittsburgh since the beginning of my career. But uh, I love Pittsburgh. I love playing here. I love the disc golf courses here, like I said. Um, so, yeah, I would love to stay in Pittsburgh as long as I can. But we'll see what happens. Pittsburgh's always been my team. Oh, my God. <laughs> love that bandwagon. Oh, would you stop it? And you ease up on my Sabres a little bit, too, <laughs> Casey. You've been, you, you've been a little – you want to know why? Obviously, Jack's hurt. So that's that's why you've been coming in here and beating up on the Sabers so much. Exactly, those shutouts wouldn't happen if Jack was playing. You're damn right. See, I'm. <laughs> you know what? Roll credits. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs>
but uh, no, man, this is uh, this was absolutely awesome. I, I really appreciate you coming on, and uh, I know that you've uh, we've kept you already longer than I than I said that I would. But it's uh, it's really been awesome to, to have an opportunity to have uh, somebody from you know another sport world come on and uh, and kind of speak with us a little bit. And man, I wish you nothing but the best of luck. Uh, let me just check the standings real quick. Yep, Sabers are out. So um, I'm gonna be pulling for you throughout the throughout the rest of the season here um I, i'd really like to see uh to see pittsburgh win it and be able to say that we had a uh, a part of the stanley cup champions on on running it i love it thank you for having me uh it's a pleasure talking to you guys and make sure you guys keep that bandwagon rolling dude i'm watching a game i don't care what kind of youtube tv hulu live i gotta get i'm, I'm, I'm gonna be watching some games love to hear it Awesome. Well, uh, Casey, thank you so much. And uh, like I said, we'll we'll keep in touch and maybe we can get you back on this summer and you can talk to us a little bit about what you did with your day with the cup. That sounds great. Let's let's plan for that. All of that. Awesome, man. Well, uh, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks, Jared. Uh, thanks, Nate. Thank you. Well, Nate, that was an awesome conversation. Like I said, we've had some really cool guests on running it, a lot of friends and people that you knew from the disc golf community. But to have an NHL goaltender on who loves disc golf maybe as much as he likes his own profession as a professional hockey player, it was pretty cool, huh? Yeah, it's awesome. And I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like some of that stuff you guys were talking about wasn't flying right over my head. But I love sports. I love competition. This is the excuse I needed to to get into the hockey world. So I'm excited. I'm a fan of his. Uh, You know, it's really cool that he shouts out disc golf on his gear in the games and that he's been so active and trying to, you know, connect with pros and play tournaments and everything. It's just it's awesome to see that, even though he's obviously so busy with his day job, you know, training and playing in the NHL. So I'm a big fan, was really happy to talk to him, and I can't wait to to get in there and, and root on my penguins. Absolutely, and it sounds like he found out the hard way what happens when you invite a few uh, touring pros to come stay at your house. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I don't, I don't blame him. It's uh, he's he's probably got quite the setup there. So, uh, Nate, we know you were in uh, Kansas last week. What's uh, what's up on your schedule next? I'm going to California with Chandler Fry uh, for the OTB Open. We are leaving next Tuesday, driving down, and I'll fly one way back. So, uh, kind of an old school little trip for me with Chandler. We've we've done that in the past in the last ten fifteen years, where we've gone and driven together to tournaments. So, I'm excited to to get in there with him. He he just got a a new to him Toyota Prius. He's 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 living the high life right now. So he's getting ready to hit the road with a a renewed vigor. And uh, yeah, I'll be with him doing the Jomez thing, doing the practice round, doing it all. Uh, brand new course there in Stockton, California that uh, none of us have really ever played before. I think it's a ball golf course conversion. Uh, and yeah, looking forward to it. Pro Tour. Would you sell him your Prius? You finally getting this Tesla? Is this going down? Uh, I was thinking about doing that, but then it, it was kind of like he wanted to buy mine. And then I was like, man, nah, I mean, then then I got to get a new car like in kind of short order. Uh, but it's we're getting closer. Let me tell you that. I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of playing the waiting game with these supposed Biden tax credits. Because yeah. I don't want to be the I don't want to be the sucker who buys it and then it's ten thousand cheaper the next day. So I don't know. I, I I'm I'm no expert, but I'm I'm just kind of playing the waiting game. We'll get there. Don't worry. 
And uh, I saw that you released another 400 of your uh, self-designed stamped discs. Uh, I'm sorry, man. looks like you had a really tough time selling those. I think they lasted like four minutes. Yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. It's actually, I wish we could add more. It's, it's a really tough time right now. All the companies are so... Uh, slammed with demand. I tried to order a thousand discs, but you know, rightly Innova, I think put a little limit on me and I totally get it because like there's so many little retail shops out there, you know, your Fisher disc golfs, for example, that are out there trying doing it, you know, and that's kind of the backbone of what Innova's business model is, is keeping the discs out there and letting people, you know, have their shop and make their livelihood in the game of disc golf. So, it's tough. I, I'm trying. I know that there's people that are frustrated that they couldn't get one and that they, it only takes two or three minutes. Um, but yeah, someday I'll order more and, and, and hopefully we can uh, have enough for everybody. Dude, how cool was it at the, uh, the uh, did, who was announcing at the DDO? Did they hire like one of the UFC announcers? It was like a whole big to do. There was music playing. It was like, yeah. that was, that that was that was a thing, man. They 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 did a nice job out there in Kansas. Oh yeah, they always do. That guy had a great voice. I don't know his name, but uh, it was cool. And then they had the Bushnell guys there on hole one, and they're shouting out the longest drive from every group. And yeah, every player gets to choose their song. And I gotta admit, I failed hardcore. I put to be announced, and then every day they're like, "Hey, did you think of a song?" And I'm like, "I'm teeing off five minutes. I don't have a song. Sorry, no song." So I blew it. My bad. I need God, a that song. Would- That'd have been so great if somebody hopped on YouTube and found the song called "To Be Announced," and that's what—it's <laughs> gotta yeah. exist. Yeah, I need to put more thought into it. I'm just—I'm pretty busy out there doing all that Joma stuff, and then every night I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I gotta like listen to some songs." But you, but the problem is, it's like it's about the first thirty seconds. It's like I know a lot of songs that I like, but the first thirty seconds maybe aren't that compelling to like get you fired up to throw a shot. So I got some work to do. I got to spend the off season getting that song dialed in so I don't make this mistake again. Maybe that's why I got thirty seventh place. You know what? I'll just go ahead and send you the. We could just send you the clip from the uh, amazing opening uh, instrumental to the podcast here that the, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the LNJ sessions did for us. Um, you know, that, that could, yeah. that could be, yeah, it. that's a, that's a starting, that's a place to start for sure. Yeah. So, uh, so heading out to Stockton, Northern California, God, that's gotta be, it's gotta be like a, an 11 hour drive for you, right? Yeah. This is pretty close. I think it's 12. We're, we're planning on leaving nice and early. So we maybe have enough time to catch the fading light, play a little bit of golf as we get into town. And then, yeah, a couple practice days, uh, get in there with Yuli and Germ and, and play the course on camera, probably shank it around a little bit, and then uh, get into tournament mode. You might want to rethink this thing. The I-5 is a nightmare, right? So I'll tell you, whenever I had to do any of my traveling, I did the exact opposite. I would sleep through the day, then I would leave and drive through the night. And then I didn't have to deal with the traffic. I've done that uh, before. I've done that. I've done that before. But it does it does make your your first practice round rather ineffective. Or or does it make Chandler's first practice round ineffective and you snooze the whole way there? Just throwing it out there. I'm just <laughs> that's good. I mean, I'll be like, man, this is a really nice car. I don't know if I could possibly drive this. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, what do you want me to say, Taylor? These Priuses are so quiet. The thing just yeah. is whispering down the road and I just yeah. I was out. His Prius is way nicer than mine. He got the leather, he got it, he's got it, his is sweet. Oh man, that's a yeah. that's 
That's the tour series, I see. All right, well, yeah, congratulations. Man. Congratulations, Chan, man. I, I hope the Chanimal's enjoying that uh, enjoying that Prius. And I oh, hope yeah. you guys have a, an awesome, safe trip down there. Um, and I wish you the uh, the absolute best of luck. Um, and uh, I'm sure that everything's going to go great for you. Yeah, man, thank you. And also, I got to say, thanks for those cupcakes. I come, I come home from running a couple errands. There's a mystery bag on my doorstep. Jarrett from Buffalo, that's all all it said on the bag. I have no idea where they even came from. I don't know what store you got those at. I don't know how you got those delivered to my house, but four delicious cupcakes, courtesy Jarrett from Buffalo. Thank you. Hey, it's uh, it's my pleasure. It's the least I can do for my podcast partner on his birthday, and I figured, you know what? At the very least, Coraline's going to jump right into these. Oh yeah, um, she got a couple. She got a couple slices of them. She loved them. Good, good, man. Well, I'm happy that you enjoyed it, and uh, and the best of luck to you. We had a big show, man. NHL goaltender. He's on his way to the playoffs. He's trying to make it to the Stanley Cup. There's no way that we can lay it up, right, Nate? Oh no chance, man! It's, he he would he would just save it. I mean, you got it. You're gonna have to rip it if you want to get anything past him. Got to run it. It's really the only only way to go. Playoffs playoffs looming. Come on. That's right. We're running. It's the only way we know how to. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, huge shout out to our sponsors, Fisher Disc Golf and Double G Craft Jerky. You can follow us on YouTube at Running It With Nate Sexton. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, we will see you guys next week.